take four. Good morning. Good morning. I think it's because you say good morning that it throws me off because usually it's like hi or hello. Oh, well, I guess it's really, it's almost not morning anymore. So, but anyways, hello. Hi. Good afternoon. <laughs> Stop. Just okay. the hi. 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 And hello, everyone else. But, anyways, how are we doing this week? <laughs> We're doing good. I'm mentally obviously not well. <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> Losing my mind. No, I don't know. I was actually thinking about this last night because I was like, what am I going to talk about? Like, I had such a boring week. I think it's just like... It's okay. It's, it's okay so, to have a boring week. Yeah, it's a lull. It's like... So what? Definitely just like a... So what? Fight me. Okay. It's just like a chill, kind of boring time of my life. And um, I'm watching The Night Stalker on Netflix. Yo, I finished that the other night. So good. Are you serious? I was waiting for you to finish it. Oh, my bad. I thought you already did. No. I just, like, tried to read your mind. I was like, yo, did she finish this? Could I watch this? <laughs> See, that this one is the one that actually, like, hooked me. It's interesting. Me. Yeah. It is. The way yeah. that they filmed it. I was just it. super tired that day. Yeah. I don't know if it was, like, the way that they filmed Oh, we're all talking about um, Night Stalker on Netflix. All of us. We're all. All <laughs> 15 of us down here. <laughs> We're talking about uh, Night, The Night Stalker on Netflix. It's like a four, I think it's four or five episodes. It's like a mini docu-series. Mm-hmm. But it's so good. Um, and it's filmed really, I don't know. Well. Yeah, really well. Really aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it got me hooked. I was, because I was watching, I was talking to someone about this, but the one about the Ripper, the New Aged Ripper. I didn't watch that. I fell asleep. It was boring. Oh. But this one finally got me. Yeah. And then the other one, Making a Murderer. Every time I put that on, trying to watch it, I fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I've tried to watch that like five times and I've taken five naps from it. So thank you for that. (laughs) So thank you for the nap times. Yeah. But, um, cool. Yeah. How was, how was your week? I don't know if I asked this. It was good. I just worked honestly again. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh. I'm still recovering from skiing on Sunday. Cool. And it's not good how my body has disintegrated. I mean, yeah. My knee. Now it's my, my knee's gone. My knees has exploded. Now it's my mm-hmm. foot. I think because I, I broke when I was little. You're going down the line. You're going to lose limb. Body parts are falling off me. Mm. Um, when I was little, um, like preteen age, I think. I was at my cousin Sam's house, cousin from North Carolina, Sam, um, and she was holding me back and I was trying to like get into her bedroom and we were like play fighting, you know, and she was like holding me back and then she let me go or I broke free and I stubbed my pinky toe so hard off her doorway that it broke like to the side. Oh, yuck. Yeah. And that has caused um, irreversible damage to my foot. (laughs) And I'm really paying for it now. So basically what you're saying is... Sam ruined your foot <laughs> and also has not had anyone from Alaska Ooh, yeah. listen. That's so. a double whammy. But yeah, now I have this like nerve pain that if I'm wearing my ski boots after a while, but it's like nerve pain. So it's like, it's excruciating. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's fun. My life. <laughs> Love the sport. Skiing is great. Nerve pain is great. Yeah. Nerve pain is so great. Just from like standing for mm-hmm. that long a day, I have like a side of my hip that doesn't feel right ever. Oh no! And it like if I'm wearing the wrong type of shoe, yeah, the pain will go from my hip to the back of my head. 
which is super That's weird. That's a far travel. Yeah, and it like gives me a headache and stuff. Yo. And it's very strange. Do you have like arch I don't like it. I've got, yeah. Yeah, well, there's cr- certain ones that feel better than others. Crocs. I do. I got Yo. Croc sneakers. Crocs are They're good. in. I was telling, I recently got a pair of Crocs because you were like raving about Crocs. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get back into it because when I was younger... I used to work at a greenhouse, and it's, like, wet in the greenhouses all the time, so I wore Crocs, and this was when I was, like, in high school, and I was made fun of Relentlessly. Relentlessly. Oh, my God. They would make fun of my Crocs so bad, and I got rid of them because I was like, I'm not getting made fun of anymore, (laughs) and now all of a sudden, Crocs are, like, the The fucking thing to have. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how the tables have Mm-hmm. i was ahead of my time <laughs> that's exactly what it was oh my god but those things are terrible in the snow oh yeah Every they time. do not yeah they don't have four-wheel drive they don't have the snow tires no. <laughs> they don't get the chains on I, them. <laughs> multiple times i've never gone down in mm-hmm. them but i've like Slipped. slid real mm-hmm. far and been like oh. <laughs> <laughs> feel all your muscles tense up <laughs> <laughs> And then you kind of look around to make sure. Like, did anyone see? Oh, my God. I did it after we went skiing. There was, of course, I parked in the middle of nowhere in the uh-huh. parking lot. And there was one car that just pulled up right, like, head to head with my car. Uh-huh. And there was, like, three teenage boys sitting in there. Oh, and I went flying from one side of my trunk to the other. <laughs> and I just played it real cool, like, whatever. I just got here faster, so. See, that's, like, the the slipping is bad enough, but going down and then people seeing that you went down because you're wearing Crocs. <laughs> that's, that's so embarrassing. That's a whole nother level. You're right. Like, yeah. Like they're supposed to be fashionable, but still when someone sees you going down wearing Crocs, they're going to laugh at and you. And they will say, yeah, you kind of deserved it. You're wearing Crocs, you loser. It's like, but it's fashion. <laughs> I need to get this I out can there. See it. I must say this because okay. it's important. What do you need to tell the world, Kelsey? That Kong versus Godzilla comes out in theaters. I think in February, but it looks dope. Everyone watch the trailer. I don't even care if you're not into that kind of stuff. Watch the trailer. It looks so good. I love Godzilla. I'm just like, I'm, I was watching the trailer before we started this. I'm so hype about it. I'm so fucking hype. <laughs> I asked Kelsey, I was like, oh, she must want to watch it because there's some like hot dude in it. So I was like, okay, who's in it? And she just screamed, Godzilla? <laughs> Duh? Yeah, I don't even know who's acting in it. But all I know is that Kong fights Godzilla. I was, when I was younger, I was a huge dinosaur fan. Mm-hmm. Like I did not have Barbies. I had Did like, you like Jurassic Park? Oh my, obsessed. Me too. Yeah. And, also uh, scared, but... So, like, Godzilla is, like, a super dinosaur, so I'm, like, super into Godzilla. And then just... All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to stop. Okay. I'm about to go off. <laughs> okay. Now that you've calmed down. Anyways. What, uh... Speaking of Godzilla... <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Well, today... Um, this was... This idea was brought to me by Brady, who's actually just, you know... a Part. A figment of I... your imagination. <laughs> Which, um, thank you to everyone who has suggested ideas for us. Um, I did find out that we do have suggestions. The ladies from Bloody Babbles 
podcast, they reached out to me as well. Thank you very much for all of the ideas. I will work on all of them. <laughs> I have too many now, so it might be a little bit. Um, today, we are going to be talking about the body farm. The body farm. The body farm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that where they like put bodies uh, and let them just like decompose God naturally? Damn it. I knew you would know about it. <laughs> I was like, she's. She went to pharmacy school. She's probably heard about That's it. That's not where I learned no? it. No? Where'd you learn about it? Uh, you know, just like true crime adventures. But yes, that's it. Yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. But I don't really know anything about it. I just know that it exists and I think it's cool. So I'm happy to, to learn more. <laughs> All right. Well, since you put it that way. So how far would you go for knowledge? How far? How far? Uh, Every not too far. <laughs> A book. Yeah, like, <laughs> walk to my computer, Google. maybe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Every person has different mental and moral limits and different amounts of curiosity, but for William M. Bass, those limits were quite higher. With a name like Bass. <laughs> yeah. I, think... I believe it. Yeah. He uh, he wanted more. William M. Bass. Bass. Badass. <laughs> Badass. Born. Was born <laughs> That was such a bad joke. Oh, God, I quit. Anyways, Bass was born in Southern Virginia. Sorry if I mispronounced that. In 1928, Um, he is a forensic anthropologist. Uh, Forensic anthropology, for anyone who doesn't know, is a special subfield of physical anthropology, which is the study of human remains that involves applying skeletal analysis and techniques in archaeology to solve criminal cases. Nice. So we're not talking about the overpriced retail store anthropology. No. No, we're not. <laughs> Bass is known for his expertise in human... That's um, an easy word, but I'm probably going to mispronounce it. Astology? Osteology? It's the study of boats. Osteology. Osteology. Um, he's also an expert in human decomposition. Nice. <laughs> Nice William Badass. Nice Badass. <laughs> badass. Bass started his research as an archaeologist in Native American grave sites. Uh, he was hired by the University of Tennessee in 1971 to head their anthropology department. From the first year of his employment there, he conceived the biggest and most bizarre idea. Bass wanted to study human decomposition firsthand, and in 1987, the Department of Anthropology, which Bass was now the chairman of, Established the University of Tennessee Research Facility, or its more sinister name, the Body Farm. <laughs> you had to say it like that, didn't I you? Did, I University did. of Tennessee. I know. I don't know why I do that, but whenever I talk about southern states, it's okay. I got that twang. <laughs> All right. The Body Farm is a research facility where decomposition of the human body can be studied in a variety of environmental settings. How many? Um, a variety. Okay. <laughs> You'd be a good, like, press guy. Thank you. <laughs> Just avoid the question. Yeah. <laughs> the aim was to gain a better understanding of the decomposition process, permitting the development of techniques for extracting information, such as the timing and the circumstances of death from human remains. By placing the bodies outside to face the elements, researchers are able to get a better understanding of the decomposition process. So basically, it's... Um, a huge field with a bunch of dead bodies. Yeah. Do they have... I think... Correct some are, me if I'm wrong. They're like some 
wooded areas, yeah. some like boggy, there's, like, there's like, different environments mm-hmm. on the place. This one in Tennessee is um, mostly like open field, but there's like um, a wooded area as well. So they could like, you know, bury a body under leaves or bury a body in shade. Mm-hmm. And then in the field, there's just like bodies that are open to the air and bodies that are like in cages. So large scavengers don't get at it. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's ones that are not in cages that large scavengers do get at. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but let me see where I am. Oh. Seven such facilities exist across the United States. Ooh. Mm-hmm. From the subtropical environment in Florida to northern Michigan. The research facility operated by Texas State University. Oh, there you go again with the twang. Texas State. <laughs> At Freeman Ranch is the largest with 26 acres. That's a lot. Yeah, that is. The one in Tennessee is 2.6, I think, right now. So it's like almost three. Uh, Similar facilities are also operational in Australia, Canada, and India. Cool. Yeah. Interestingly, the idea of a body farm was conceived in Bass's mind while he was working with the police to investigate a local murder case. A body that was found in Civil War era, or in a Civil War era grave, Looked fresh. Like, he said that it still had pink to its tissue. There we go. Um, As if a body had been inhabited, like, thrown into the tomb to, like, throw off investigators. Like, it was a newly deceased body that was murdered. Uh, Bass initially thought the body had been deceased for about a year. However, judging by the Civil War clothing found on the body, Bass determined that this wasn't the case and that he was off by about a century. Um, and this baffled him at how little he knew about the decomposition process and decay rates. So he was like, I need to do more. I need to, yeah, I need to get some dead bodies out in the field. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get real creepy yep. and weird. Let's get weird. The project, although morbid, has a goal of helping researchers, law enforcement, and crime scene investigators understand decomposition in humans and see in real time how different environmental factors can affect the rate of decomp. I like, I mean... Oh, I know. I, you know, I don't want to just be like, I like it. <laughs> I like this uh, idea. I need to do it in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's, it's interesting. It is interesting. And like, it's very, well, I'll get more into it, but it's like very taboo. Definitely. Yeah. Like doing that to a deceased Do you go corpse. into how they like get the bodies mm-hmm, and stuff? Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, this original farm from, it's in Knoxville, Tennessee. It consists of 2.6 acres of grassy wooded terrain that's sprinkled with at least 50 bodies um, at any given time. Up to 100 bodies are donated each year. Some individuals pre-register before their death and others are donated by their families or by a medical examiner. 60% of donations are made by family members of individuals who were not pre-registered with the facility. Now, I'll go more into depth as to like why someone would donate a body. Like, it's not a terrible idea. It's not. And it's, it's, I think it's more acceptable, definitely more acceptable nowadays because science is, yeah, a lot of people are, are more, they lean more towards science than they do like, you know, religious, Yeah, you know? Yeah. I also feel like I would rather, it's almost more peaceful to like just be chilling in a field. Yeah. You become one with the earth yeah. again. Yeah. Rather than getting like buried underground. <laughs> well, sometimes you do at the facility. <laughs> Oh, no. They got to test out everything. Can I just request? <laughs> I guess you could. You just know. say, like, open air. Yeah. Yeah. 
open your decomp. Yeah, I was watching a video. Um, the National Geographic or the Smithsonian or something did a documentary on this place. And... Same thing. Is it? No. Oh, good. <laughs> um, they did a documentary and there's like a spot where there's cement slabs that are buried or the bodies are buried under the cement slabs because that makes sense a lot of people well i shouldn't say that but there's murder cases where you know a wife and a husband someone gets murdered they bury them under a cement slab build a fucking porch over them end of the you know end of the day that's end of discussion (laughs) discussion. (laughs) um but so they want to test devices to see if they could like read through the cement to find a body Ground penetrating radar. Yes, exactly. Cool. Yes. Uh, wait a second. Why do you know so much about ground penetrating radar? Something came up. I've got to go. <laughs> I have an appointment. I have to go now. Bye. I gotta go home. <laughs> Bye. We're in your basement. I'm already home. <laughs> oh god. Anyways, the bodies are exposed in a number of ways in order to provide insights into decomposition. Under varying conditions, some of the conditions students studied were situations such as being locked in a trunk of a car or being submerged under water, which provided some factual data-driven knowledge to help in forensic cases. Observations and records of the decomposition processes are kept, including the sequence and speed of decomposition and the effects of insect activity. And that's I a was going to mention that. Yeah, that's a big thing that they... Um, pay attention to with timelines because it takes flies like there's a certain amount of like time there's like certain bugs that relate to the time Mm -hmm. and like certain bugs in certain environments like there's flies that could burrow underground so if a body is buried underground but then there's flies that can't that are still found on bodies that are supposedly buried underground it's very interesting but you know there's if it's a clear day, you know, a fly could be on a dead body in like less than an hour and then lay those eggs and those eggs turn into maggots in like 12 to 14 days. It's it's very interesting that they use bugs mm-hmm. mainly as like a time frame. Yeah. The human decomposition stages that are studied begin with the fresh stage, the bloat stage, then, then the decay stage, and finally the dry stage where it's just basically all bone. Mm-hmm. Body farms are used in the training of students and law enforcement officers in scene of crime skills and techniques. They also offer advanced training for mass grave excavation in human rights investigations and training for cadaver dogs. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Calculating time since death, also known as the post-mortem interval, is an important aspect of forensic investigation and is another one of the focuses of body farm research. When an individual is unidentified, the post-mortem interval can help investigators narrow down who they might be based on missing persons records. So, you know, if someone is missing for a year, they could look at this body and be like, well, it looks like it's only been dead for, you know, a week or it's been dead for more than a year. So, they kind of, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> helps. <laughs> Another reason establishing time since death is important is that it helps crime investigators evaluate alibis of potential perpetrators in homicide cases. So, like, time frames. Make them add up. Yeah. Apart from the University of Tennessee. Tennessee. Stop it, Kelsey. (laughs) (laughs) The other body farms are located at Western Carolina University 
Texas State University. Oh, these are the U.S. body farms, by the way. Sam Houston State University, Southern Illinois University, Colorado Mesa University, and the University of South Florida. Hmm. Um, so you may ask yourself, who would donate their loved one's bodies to the farm? Uh, while the thought of this for most people is very blasphemous and sacrilegious, there are people out there that wish to contribute to science after death. And unlike hospitals or traditional organ donation, the body farms have no prerequisites. Pre there we go. That's a hard one. <laughs> for the bodies. Uh, everything is accepted and the variety only adds to having a bigger database. So huh. they'll take anybody. <laughs> Except they will not take anybody that... Um, has been infected with HIV, hepatitis, or antibiotic-resistant bacteria. Okay. Which is safe, I'd say, if you're going to be dealing with, you know, their... I mean, I don't know how bodies... I don't know. You know better than I do. I mean, I guess... I don't know. If it's a fresh body and the blood is still in there and someone... Just too much cross-contamination. Okay. Worries. I'm not... I mean, I get it. That's the only body. I'm just curious about it. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Because wouldn't you want? I mean, there people who have HIV exist. People who have hepatitis exist. Like, do we not care how they I guess decompose? It, it would be well, interesting. Well, then again, I don't think it would really affect how they decompose. So I guess like keeping the people safe would be more important. Yeah, I think keeping the people. I get are... it now. Okay. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you walked yourself through that. <laughs> I do yes, that a lot. <laughs> they do exist, and they are just as important, but for the still living people, they don't want to get contaminated with HIV-positive blood, which I don't either, so I get it. Okay. Because, <laughs> like, how long does that live in a body? Never mind. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> um, so, also, some donors are following the natural burial movement. Which goes against embalming and using steel caskets to keep the body intact. Uh, leaving a body to the farm allows its nutrients to be quickly absorbed and returned to the earth. And that's also a thing that they talked Very about. Very natural. Yeah, right? Like, let's go for you. But that's something that they talked about is that when a body um, like decomposes, the nitrogen that's released, it'll kill all of the plants that are around it. I think they call it like a, like a death halo or something. Oh, shit. But... Like, the following year, the next growth will be, like, super abundant. Mm -hmm. So if you see just, like, a random super green patch in your yard, a dead body was there. 100%. <laughs> that's the only reason. <laughs> there is no such thing as lawn treatments. No, not all at all. Bodies. Dead body. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> um, and a um, cynical but realistic reason is the average burial in the U.S. costs about $7,000 which for some is an unreachable price. Um, the Texas Body Farm offers free pickups for nearby bodies. Free pickup huh? and delivery. And the Knoxville Farm will pick up bodies up to 100 miles from the facility. Wow. I'm just going to have my, my family just take me within 100 miles of the facility. Yeah. Like, draw me off. That's kind of upsetting they don't take anyone else from like farther well, place. I mean, I get it. I'm just mad. Oh, they'll take everybody, but you have to pay to send the bodies. Yeah, and I mean, who does that? I mean, it's probably cheap. Who do you call? It's honestly probably like, Do you get a U-Haul? Uh, UPS, FedEx. I've seen it done before. Are you serious? No. Jesus. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I... Have you ever... I kind of want a, 
I kind of want to go to the farm when I'm dad. When I'm done. done when I'm cow. dad. <laughs> Once I'm a dad. <laughs> no, I actually really, I like the idea of being like in the open air and mm-hmm. just letting you like naturally just sink back into the earth, I guess. Mm-hmm. That yeah. Right. I'd like to be cremated or something. I, I do want to have all of my organs um, donated or donated to science or sold on the black market. Either one works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, I don't want my body to go to waste when I die, you know? I'm dead. Who cares? I think it's more so like, you know, if your family believes in, you know, the body being sacred when it dies and the religious aspect of it and like having a proper burial and stuff that's one thing like once you're dead you have no control over that really yeah fair enough but also stop <laughs> stop that stop it send me to the farm God. i want to go to the farm with all the other farm people <laughs> i have friends Mm-hmm. yeah really oh that's what one thing that i was gonna i was thinking about how haunted Oh. Is this place? Lots. <laughs> lots. Just lots, lots of haunted. haunted. <laughs> I would say a buttload. Yeah. A haunted. Buttload haunted. <laughs> like so many dead bodies have been through here. Yeah. Oh my god. I wonder Gross. if anyone's just like been taking a hike and stumbled <laughs> in. Oh my god. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, oh my, oh my, oh my, oh, 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 call the police. <laughs> oh my God. That would be horrible. That would be terrible. You just walk another hundred feet and there's just a body and then another body and then another body. Uh, just like a hundred bodies just laying out like, what the fuck? And then some have cages over it. <laughs> like the Texas, the 26 acre, like there's no way that people have not stumbled upon that. Oh, I'm sure they have. Oh my yeah. God. Just the scary ex- the explanation that they have to- no 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 it's for science just let <laughs> no, it go you're, this is this is very official i swear we have a brochure would you like a brochure person's just like running. shaking <laughs> uh, body donation procedures vary from country to country canadian forensic anthropology facilities can access a body when a person has decided to donate their own body and assigned form to ensure their wishes are carried out after their death Others may allow a family member or the legal next of kin to donate human remains. And there have been unknown or unclaimed bodies uh, that have been accepted for donation in the USA. Although some consider this as unethical. Mm, yeah, I which, get that. Which, sadly, there are a lot of unclaimed or unknown bodies, which is so sad. Yeah. That they don't have any money. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> That's like that. What's that, that meme? I think it's a Wendy Williams and someone died. She's like, oh, she died? Oh, oh well. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, all the people involved with body farms, while desensitized to corpses, do realize that they were once living bodies and treat them with the utmost respect. If for any reason the family of the deceased no longer wants their loved ones on the farm, they can have them returned like immediately cool those bodies do that's nice yeah they belong to their families like it's not like you just own someone's body after that it's their families so they can have them if they want them god could you imagine if like someone's just fully decomposed and like i want them back like uh this might be their femur (laughs) (laughs) guys i don't i'm not sure what's what here. i don't even know if this is 
A human. You want God. this one? I don't know. <laughs> Just pick one. God, that'd be terrible. <laughs> the body farms have contributed a great deal to the field of forensic anthropology. However, when such facilities first opened, local communities sometimes resisted arguing these facilities are disturbing, which I get it. I mean, if this opened in the 80s. In a way. Yeah. If they are disturbing. The first one in Tennessee opened in like the late 80s, so people were probably like, what? Many have made the argument that the decomposing corpses will attract insects and scavenging animals, which is the point. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but they're already there. They are. It's just, you know, they're all, all of the insects, they're there, but they're like on the corpse. So you don't have to worry about yeah, them. Yeah. Like... As long as you don't plan on moving on to the farm, <laughs> you should be fine. You're fine. God, get over it. <laughs> After the opening of the University of Tennessee's body farm, there were a number of complaints about the odor that was coming from the farm. Oh. Jesus Christ. Okay. That's a imagine? legitimate concern oh, could you imagine i wonder i should look at a google maps view of the farm and see how many houses are around it you should they can't control that like, that's true there's still no way to like control mm-hmm. the odor mm. i've heard that a decaying body is something that the smell of it is something you just never forget yeah i've heard that too oh god also, many people even claimed that they could see the de- decomposing bodies from their homes. <laughs> oh, God. The university fixed this problem by installing a privacy fence. <laughs> I mean, okay. It works. Fine. But still. Yeah, that's... Just the thought of having, like... Kind of not cool. I feel like they could have found a more remote place, probably. Yeah, but it, it's connected to the university, so... Yeah, but I mean, to... can't you just put it somewhere else? I don't know. <laughs> just put it anywhere else. <laughs> somewhere i mean living next to a uh, a grave site is creepy enough for me true people do that but, like living next to but... literal dead bodies above ground yeah oh that's weird that's... yeah you don't want to see that yeah no. uh as of now there have been over 1800 bodies through the original body farm in tennessee that's just the original body farm damn and over 4,000 registered future donors i'm gonna be added to the list, list. i know <laughs> And uh, if you were thinking about going to the body farm and touring it, no tours are allowed. Sorry. It's just That's students. Yeah. Just students and professionals that are allowed on the body farm, which I get it. Yeah. That God, makes could sense. you imagine That's like, good. just a family with kids? Like Come on, kids. Fucking zoo. Come to the body farm. <laughs> the kids are like, what's that? When I was watching this documentary, I was like, I wonder how I would react. It's one thing seeing it on a screen, but. How would I actually react if I was seeing it? Probably smells real bad. Oh, my God. Even the one lady that was in the documentary, she was like a professional forensic investigator. And she was like, oh, that smell sometimes just gets you. (laughs) I would have been like throwing up on the bodies. (laughs) Oh, it's so not good. No. But that was about the body farm. That was so good. I like that. That was interesting. Good. I'm glad. Thanks, Brady. uh, I know, Brady, I hope I did I hope I did it justice. You did, Kelsey, don't worry. <laughs> that was Brady, you guys. <laughs> yep. Yep. There she is. There she is. Um, but yeah, that was that was an interesting one. I, I yeah. felt way more confident looking into this than I did last week's episode. <laughs> or no, two weeks ago, last my last episode. Um, that was good. Yeah, I hope you liked it. What were the scary podcast episodes you were listening to before I came here that like made you scared? Oh, I didn't get very far. Oh, um, 
It was actually a podcast that Mark had suggested to me. <laughs> that uh, wasn't the Weekly Variety? No. No. <laughs> Listen to yourself. <laughs> it, yeah. No, I don't want to do that. Um, it's called A Funny Feeling. Oh. And it has Betsy Sodaro and Marcy Drew, two comedian, comedians. Oh, is it funny? I, yeah, they're funny. Okay. But it's also like really creepy stories. I only listened to half of an episode and I was Are they real stories? Out. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll listen to it. You should. All right, cool. And everyone else should too. If you want to. We're not forcing you to though. I actually, I shouldn't recommend it because I've only listened to half of one episode. <laughs> so maybe not. I just wanted to know. I don't know why that like, came into but my But the head. one lady is funny and I like her, so. Okay. I don't know about the other one. <laughs> I no, I just I mean I don't. Her. I literally don't know. I'm not saying like I don't know about her. <laughs> anyway, but anyways, everybody, uh, thank you so much for coming back and listening. Come on back next week. The water's warm. If you want to reach out to us, yes. we've got some social media, which we have said a million times before. So just look us up, and you can find us. And Kelsey now has the login. I do have a password. She said. Uh-huh. Uh, here's the what is it the instagram and i twitter, think it's I think. or here's the here's the twitter password and i think it's for instagram too did you try it no i haven't <laughs> tried it at all. so now we can blame kelsey for all of your unanswered yes shit i know if you have something really important um you can page us kelsey has a beeper <laughs> write me a letter <laughs> use more if code. it's urgent <laughs> You can page her. Yeah, page me on my pager. 888-3721. Area code 460. <laughs> I have no idea how pagers work. Uh, but anyways, uh, thanks everyone for coming again. We love it here. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.